All right. Thank you, Andrea, for sharing and uh, reading the scripture. And welcome, everyone, again to New City NYC. We're so happy that you're here and uh, are able to join us online. Um, but yes, um, as you might know, we have been going through um, we have been going through this series of the upside and values of the kingdom, and um, and we've already gone through. Andrea has preached for us. Uh, JY also has preached for us, and Andrea and myself. And and there's just been a lot of different themes um, about uh, uh, how instead of following. Uh, uh, the culture of the world that tells us to be uh, a leader rather than a servant, or instead of getting uh, from giving more on extravagant generosity of JY uh, preached about, and, and among other things in which um, uh, Andrea also reminded us about uh, how uh, being holy comes from relationship with God and out of that relationship is that we're able to leave out the upside and values of the kingdom. Um, and today um, I want to talk about uh, the last will be first, which is one of the upside down values that Jesus spoke about. Um, I'm really excited about talking this about this uh, specific topic because I think um, everywhere around us, you know, I, I even had people when they read this, this parable, they were like, there's something wrong with this. Like, what would Jesus, what would Jesus do? That? Like, I have people even say like, 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 it's not fair, you know, like it is actually not fair. Like what I, I never understood. I had someone said, well, I never understood why, you know, uh, the master will give uh, less to the worker, will give the same amount of money to the workers that work more um, as much as the workers that work less, you know, and, <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, so it's, it's a very, uh, in a way, controversial parable because you might get, uh, we might get a little bit fussy and a little bit even maybe, um, what is this word? We, we will get indignant, you know, at, at the passage. And I bear, you know, this master giving just for the lazy person to work for an hour, giving him a one day worth of money um, uh, the same amount as the worker that worked for 12 hours, you know. So um, the, uh, the, the title of the passage today is What is Fair? And I think this parable, it's such a good example of where God's heart is and also what is this uh, upside down value of the kingdom, you know, which is very countercultural from what the world around us tell us, what New York City tell us, what, um, you know, um, the TV and the media tell us, right? What is fair? And that is the name of, of the sermon today. And, 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 and to be honest, like, what is fair in the culture of this world might not be fair in God's kingdom. So I think uh, uh, this passage will really portray that. Um, for example, I believe that uh, on one side you have the world, you know, that it's all about the what. We saw here that um, the, the, the 
early morning workers from the vineyard were complaining to the masters that they were on the scorching sun and what's, you know, how, how you are giving more, the same amount of money to them. You should give me more money, right? Because I've been working more. And, uh, and, 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 and I think that early morning workers have this mentality of they were out there working because of what they can get out of that job, right? So basically um, the world will tell us or the culture even in which that early morning uh, worker hours were actually working or, or they were actually have this worldview that it is all about the what. It's all about what I can get out of that which I have worked for, right? Um, and they find fulfillment, or they will, I will say here, they find um, uh, a false and temporary fulfillment on the reward. So here it is. So it's all about the what. Uh, the early morning hour worker or the early morning worker finds false and temporary fulfillment on the reward. Basically, you deserve what you work for. So that is the value that we are always uh, taught from the culture all around us, especially the Western culture. It's all about what we do. If you work more, you get more money. If you study more, then you'll get a, a, a better job. You will, uh, uh, you know, um, go up the ladder of success, right? And, and that sort of mentality in the world is just, that's the way you're first. You got to go first in everything, you know? The better grades you get at school or the better performance you get at, at work, the more chances you have to be promoted and to get more money right and to have security financially and health health you know insurance all sorts of stuff right so that's that's the the mentality the worldview of the early morning worker right here so there uh, the early morning worker we said it's about the what it's about the rewards and not the relationship that they have with the vineyard master with the giver of the work or the giver of the reward in God's kingdom, on the other side, it's about the who. It's about finding true and eternal fulfillment on the rewarder. You know, it's interesting the worldview that happens between the early morning uh, worker and all the other workers that came after him, especially the 11th hour worker, right, who probably experienced the most grace, which means the most um, undeserved gift or favor, right? Even as he went at 9 a.m., at 12, at 3 p.m., and then at, 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 um, at 5 or 5 p.m., he went all of those times to look for workers. But if you see on the scripture, this is very interesting, all the non-early morning workers never ask the vineyard or the master, they never ask him, hey, um, how much are you going to pay us? Is it going to be three quarters of a denarius? Remember, one denarius at that time, it was worth one day of labor. That's 12 hours of labor, right? Now, um, these, you know, 
all the later hour workers all the way to the 11th hour, you know, what the, what the master of the vineyard told him is like, I will pay you what is right. No questions asked. You got to trust me here. There is a sense of trust to the master. Now with the early morning workers, it says the scripture is very clear. It says that they already have taught and have, um, they have a deal that they were going to work for one denarius. So they've already talked it out. The early morning workers were like, okay, yeah, you're going to pay us one denarius. The master was like, sure, we'll pay you one denarius. That's what's fair. And they're like, okay, we're going to go work. But all the other ones, he, the master said, we'll just pay you what's right. It, it never says that they tell him the actual amount. So that's really interesting. That takes trust from the workers and a trust towards the master of the vineyard or the owner of the vineyard to be like, okay, you know, this guy is going to give us what is right or what is fair, right? Now, now in God's kingdom, as I was saying, it's not about the what, the reward, the reward but rather about the who, the rewarder, trusting on the one that gives the reward. Now, unlike the world, when it finds false and temporary fulfillment on the reward, in God's kingdom, it finds true and eternal, not just temporary, but eternal fulfillment on the rewarder rather than the reward, on the gift, on the giver rather than the gift, on the blesser rather than the blessing. A lot of us come to God for what he can give to us. We come to God for his hands rather than his face, his presence, right? And I think God is clear here that it's not about God's hands, what he can give us. He's not a pagan God in which you go and has and give a, a, a sort of like um, a liability or, or give Give, uh, give him something so that you can get something in return from him, like transactional, a transactional relationship, right? Now, here I want to share a little bit about uh, a, a dichotomy that I found in, in scripture. And I see this dichotomy among the workers of the vineyard. Oh, there it is. Oh, whoops. There is, sorry. So on what side we have, um, we have the workers that set their value on their performance. Now, I must say from my side, I have set my worth and my performance many times. And it's clear here, our value is set on our performance, our worth, our sense of identity is set on our performance. Basically, what it is, is we are better if we do better. But not only we are better, which me, that uh, uh, actually in, implies that we are better than others. It implies comparison. It implies um, making others less than oneself. When you say we are better if we do better, in parentheses, I put we are better than others if we do better. Now, in verse 11 and 12, this is very clear. It says, and on receiving it, meaning receiving the denarius, the reward, they grumbled. These are the early morning workers. 
at the master of the house saying, this last worked only one hour, meaning, you know, the, the, the last workers, the 11th hour worker, right? That only worked one hour. He said, this just, this last work only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne, who have bear the burden of the day and the scorching heat, right? And we see here the early morning workers complaining about the last hour workers. We've worked 12 hours, they work one hour. That's nothing compared to what we have done. We deserve more because we have worked more. We are worth more, right? So we set our sense of value, our sense of worth out of what we do, right? Um, and now, as I said, they are actually saying that these last hour workers are less than them because he says, you make them equal to us. We are not like them. We are better than them, right? And the reality is that all of us have made ourselves better than others when we grudge about how come this other person got this reward or how come this other person, maybe for us, you know, uh, maybe um, for us that are internationals, how come this person got that visa or that person got that green card and they didn't do nothing. I've been here for so long, right? Or whatever, like, or, or how come that person got that job and he's not as smart as I am, right? Or it might be true, but you're already making yourself better than others, right? I'm making myself better than others. So that is one. And then the other one is our value is set on God's sacrificial love. And I think that is very important, right? We rely on his love for us and others. We rest in his love, not on our performance. We are not our own saviors. Because when we become our own gods, then we grudge about other people being less than us and not deserving what we should have deserved, right? Or rather, uh, when we rely on his love, we understand we are just as messed up as anyone else. We just have a sinful heart just as anyone else, just as that homeless person that smells horrible. And I wish they weren't there, right? Ah, making ourselves better than others. You're just as, just as messed up. We're just as sinful. We're just as much of need of salvation and healing than they themselves. Because we're equal. And then Jesus said, Jesus levels the ground. Because you see what happened here in verse 13. It says, do you not agree with me for a denarius? Didn't you agree with me with a denarius? He's leveling the ground. It's not like you're, you're just the same. I'm not paying you less. I'm not paying you. You're just the same. You, you, you just want denarius for 12 hours. And that's why Jesus, he says, our value set on God's sacrificial love because, because Jesus died not just for some, not just for the privileged, not just for the ones that deserve it. He died for everyone, right? That's what, there is no racism in the kingdom of God. That's why there is no classism in the kingdom of God. That's, that's why there is no poor or rich, right? 
Everyone's the same. They have humanity. He died for our sins on that cross, resurrected on that third day, so that we might be filled with the Spirit, be reminded of God's love, and walk on our authority of children of God, because our value is no longer set on what we do, but who we are and whose we are. Right? So, so remember, just, just, just remember these little caveats here. On verse 15a, it says, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? That is the owner of the vineyard saying that to the early morning workers that were complaining. Now, just remember God is still God. You know, I, I, I had discussion with some, and they say, well, Piero, like, but why did Jesus have to come to die for us? Why he just didn't, was among us, around us all this time and teaching us all his, why did he has, why he just didn't stay with us for eternity or whatever. They have all these sorts of, you know, there's always an argument against why did God had to do such or such a thing or such and such a thing. Well, God is God. I am not, you are not. And he's allowed to do whatever he chooses to do because the world belongs to him. He created the world. And he reminds these early morning workers that it is not about how they think of fairness, but it's about how he thinks of fairness because he is a master of what belongs to him. And he can choose to give the same amount of money to the last hour workers as much as the first hour workers, right? Not only that, but he chooses not to be an evil God, not to be like, I can do whatever I want and I'm going to punish you because you did this or you did that. And I'm going to bring all these diseases. I'm going to bring all these sorts of, you know, uh, you know, natural disasters. So because you just were, you're bad, you know, but God is not like that. He is a generous God. He chose to be generous, Right. And that's the thing. All what we see, the evil that we see is just a result of sin, meaning the result of our bad being, which brings evil doing in the world, is a result of that. And there is free will, and that's why there is all these things. But it's not because God wills it. That's why he provides a plan of salvation and healing through Jesus Christ. Then he says in verse 15b, or do you envy my generosity? Do you envy my generosity? Sometimes if we have the first hour, the early morning worker heart, we are might just might be envying his generosity, envying his love for others that we might think that they don't deserve what they have gotten. But isn't that sacrificial love isn't that what the cross represents now there is the early morning worker versus the 11th hour worker right and now i want you to to understand this sort of um difference before we go into a reflection time and, and the early morning worker versus the 11th hour worker. And this is something that blow my mind, but, but if you think about it, 
Um, the 11th hour worker received undeservedly a one day work worth of money. Now, if you think about it, in the world standards, the 11th hour worker should have not received one denarii. That's why the early morning workers were complaining to the master. But they received and deservedly received a one day work worth of money. And that represents the good news of Jesus, the gospel. God, Jesus simply saying, you all are the early, the, the 11th hour worker. You just need to realize that you are the 11th hour. Those that think that you are first, you're just being deceived in your mind. We are all the 11th hour worker. We are all in need of the good news of the gospel of the undeserved favor because of how awful our heart is. And we're just in need of that saving, healing power that only God can bring through Jesus. And that is the beauty of this story. The 11th hour and worker undeservedly received a one day worth of work. Now, once we internalize the gospel, not just once, but on our everyday lives, meaning God's sacrificial love, through his son's death, we will walk as 11th hour worker. Not anxious or complaining like the early morning workers that thought that it was worth to be first in the world's standards. While in the kingdom of God to truly be first, one has to have the heart of an 11th hour worker. Receiving the gospel, meaning the master's extravagant love that ultimately revealed is revealed through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the only way we can, we can get this story. The gospel is in it. And living it not just once when we receive Christ as our Savior, but every day we live out the gospel. And um, I just want to give you a quick example here. That's my wife, beautiful wife here on our um, anniversary. Uh, <laughs> we're on Panorama. But I don't know if you know this, but Andrea, it's a U.S. citizen. Though he, she has just moved to the U.S. only about four years ago. He, she even did her college in Peru only when she was about 25, moved to the U.S. Now, now you have to understand, she never sought after, after a US citizenship. Thankfully, Peruvian citizens don't have to deny their citizenship. We can have dual citizenship. So she never pursued it. Her mom just started doing her paperwork. And even, even you know, <laughs> at times she even told her mom, hey mom, I cannot go to do this paperwork thing to the US because I, am, I have college, she's a student. And she's like, I, I'm not going to risk it. Though she could have talked to her teachers and professors and go and do the paperwork. She literally told her mom, mom, I don't know. I, I don't even need this citizenship. What are you talking about? I don't even need it. I'm cool. I'm good. I don't want to go through that paperwork. Her mom was like, are you crazy? Like, you know, like this is something that you might need in the future. She didn't want it really. She didn't want to even like go through the trial. Eventually she just, you know, God, uh, 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 they, ha they had her have, they had to go through all this paperwork 
and she didn't have to do much. All pretty much her mom did everything, and she just had to go to the embassy on the on the U.S. embassy in Peru. By the way, she she's never had a green card. And then the interviewer was like, "Well, your step grandfather was from Texas, so you should get." Uh, U.S. citizenship right away. You don't even need to do the green card because your step-grandfather is from Texas. So she got a U.S. citizenship, just like that. Here I am, Piero, being here for about 12 years. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I've been, by then, you know, when, when Andrea moved to the U.S., I was already here for about seven years already or eight years, you know, by now I've been here for about 13, 14 years. And, and even today, I don't have a U.S. citizenship. I just got my green card last year on 20, actually on March, 2020, I just got my green card. Thanks to Andrea. Right. But I always had to change from, from one visa to the next one and struggle and do all these things. I probably spent months or years worth of my time, months worth of my time on paperwork, just doing paperwork for immigration. And here my English is better. And I've gone through, I, I even came here when I was 18, went through college, know the culture, all of these things. I probably deserve it, right? But that's not God's plan. You know, I, I sometimes ask myself, like, oh, like Andreas. I don't need, she's, she didn't even want the citizenship. And, and here I am, you know, like struggling like crazy and nothing. And I think that's a picture of just God's grace. And rather than just complaining, maybe just be like, you know what? God had a plan for Andrea. She wanted that. I'm through her. I'm getting it. Praise God. You know, somehow her state grandfather was from Texas. You know, whatever. Like, it's just God's plan. So now with that story in your mind, um, I just wanna to come to this place of reflection. In what ways have you had the heart of the early morning worker? Now, the last verse of that scripture, Jesus says, so the last will be first and the first last. He finishes that parable like that, right? So in what ways have you had the heart of the early morning hour worker? That's something for you to think about. And we have all, maybe when we walk through the subway and we see people, or maybe you smell weed, or maybe, I don't know, whatever. And you're like, I, these people, like, why are they doing this? Like, get a job or like go to treatment. I don't know, like we just start complaining and stuff like that. Maybe we, we, we do that. Just early morning workers, you know, in what ways have, you, have we had that heart? Now, my second question is, whoops, in what ways is God challenging you to become the 11th worker, being last? Not the first hour worker being first, but the last hour worker being last. I'm just going to pray. I'll just close your eyes. I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit to just bring revelation to your heart. So I pray, Holy Spirit, maybe this is the first time for some of us 
listening to the gospel, listening to the good news of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, if there is anyone here that for the first time is like, oh, wow, God, I did not know that, that you, about your generosity, that I'm so awful on my sin, that you had to send your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me on that cross, resurrect on the third day, and bring new life and relationship with you. So if that's you, just repeat what I just said on my heart, on your heart. And just say, yes, God, I'm, I'm sorry, I missed, I'm a sinner. I need the generosity of the master. Come to my life, bring life to my heart today. I receive you as my Lord and Savior and Healer. And maybe some of us need to internalize the gospel in an everyday life. And so I ask, in what ways, Holy Spirit, do we need, have we been the early morning worker, the first hour work? And that we need to repent of. That we need to repent of. And so I pray for that conviction, that repentance to come forth even now. Maybe to a brother, to a sister. Maybe to a friend. Maybe to someone from a different race or color. Or someone that we think less of them because... They are not as educated as we are, or they are from a different place from where we live. Or we just repent for those misconceptions, making them less because with our actions and inactions and words and thoughts. And Lord, I pray that you will reveal now. Give us challenges, Holy Spirit. In what way can we walk as 11th hour work? In what way can we live out in the grace of God? Maybe it just starts with prayer. Just giving up time to be with you in the secret place. Or, or, or giving, like JY said a couple of weeks ago, giving without judging to the ones that are in need. Talking to the ones that are in the margins. Or being nice to our spouse. Whatever it is, Holy Spirit, bring it forth in Jesus' name. Amen.